Hello, everyone, and welcome to So This is the Future with Jim Bumgardner. First and foremost, if you've been playing along with the podcast up until this point, you'll see that there's been a name change. And the reason for this name change is that it just makes much more sense. Now, I don't want to go into all that right now, but just know this, the name of the podcast from now and forevermore is So This is the Future with Jim Bumgardner. That's me. Anyway, we've got a pretty good show today. Going to go a little long in some spots because a lot of stuff I want to talk about. First off, I want to recap Christmas around these parts. Also, a big red alert I want to point out to you. A little Toy Story coming up as well as a flashback that we want to pay attention to. That's all coming up on this episode of So This is the Future. And welcome back to the show, everyone. I do hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. I know we sure did, and it was a lot of fun, and really, probably one of the the better Christmases we've enjoyed as a family, and it was great, and I hope yours was too. Plus, I got some really cool stuff this year. I got to give a lot of really cool stuff too, but the main thing this year for me in the receiving end, and you'll get to hear part of it very soon, I'm in the process of rebuilding the studio to where it's a full-on studio versus using just this old quote-unquote beater phone directly into the app. Still going to be going directly into the app, but we're going to juice it up to where the sound is better and there are more elements coming your way. So uh, definitely check out Anchor, though, because it's still where you want to be. It's the right thing to do, and you help the show every time you listen and click through and share it with everyone you can because I truly appreciate that. Uh, Now, okay, now this is where another thing about Christmas that happened that kind of made me go, huh, was actually yesterday, so the day after Christmas. It was the very first time in a long, long time that I watched full pieces from an ABC, the American Broadcasting Company, the ABC Network, uh, one of their news, quote-unquote, news programs. And I got to tell you, I have never seen such hard gaslighting ever and that truly concerns me because again i don't watch it so i'm not really impacted by it but i know that while the market share may be small now there are still folks who are being literally programmed by the the messaging that they're putting out and i and i i'm scared of it. this is why the in the title of today's show is turn off the tv I've never meant that more now than I do. And now it's scary to think that your major broadcast networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, have fallen from grace in such a way. But the arguments that I was hearing from that one particular broadcast, and there were four talking heads up there, and they were all in agreement of the subject. And that was revolving around the hokey pokey. And they were spreading some serious misinformation and disinformation about the whole thing now this is not i am not going to take it ever seriously i'm not going to do it i'm not playing that game the research that we have done alicia primarily she's boy i tell you what there's few people i know that if you could consider a junior virologist that's her she's i mean she's so well studied as well as the pharmaceutical stuff and and she's a go-to period Uh, she's just missing that piece of paper, right? But anyway, in studying this and watching what's really happened since then, no, absolutely not. There is no way. Ain't happening. 
Plus, after all this time, we're going into year three, right? With year three of this pandemic, and we've made it just fine. I don't need anything to prevent something that, no. Uh-uh. Anyway, I'm not going to go into my personal complete feelings on it, but we're just going to leave it at that. But again, when I was watching what these people were broadcasting on the ABC network, that was troubling. It was very, very troubling. And now then that former President Donald Trump is pushing for the vaccine and the boosters as much as the current administration, it raises red flags for me. I understand the narcissism of Donald Trump and the inability for him to admit anything that he's done wrong ever. But in this instance, I believe that the circumstances and and the excuse me the what's the word i'm looking for pardon me guys i totally lost it there uh but no the the ramifications of the actions are just no absolutely not and it's a very ignorant and i do mean ignorant borderline stupid at this point because what is available uh response to just oh it's good it's great do it no no do your homework period talk to your doctor and interview your doctor See what they really know. Where are their sources of information coming from? That's just important. But again, on this broadcast, I was seeing something that really concerns me because now everybody's starting to converge and on board with the same message, pushing something that, quite frankly, is unnecessary in the process. That's concerning to me. So, and that's what's going to lead up into our red alert report coming up in the next segment. Now, let me let me tone it down just again. again I want to go back on to Christmas because Christmas was great. Uh, day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, uh, the wife and I, along with my brother-in-law, we were out and about picking up some last-minute gifts and everything up in Branson, Missouri. And it was the end of the night, and pretty much everything was closed or to capacity. And we wound up uh, going to Denny's, which we've always liked the Denny's up there for the most part, like any place, so it's hit, hit or miss. Well, I can tell you, Christmas Eve, it was an absolute bona fide hit. Those folks up there, understaffed, overwhelmed, but they did an immaculate job with fantastic customer service. So for the Branson, Missouri Denny's location, this is just a personal shout out for another, again, just a great job. And that's another little point I'd like to drop in about reflecting on Christmas of 2021. In this, let's not forget to be grateful in all the little things, too. Everybody gets on the bandwagons for certain back the blue or back this or back that. But don't forget the folks who have actually been in the trenches, stay in the trenches and doing everything they can to continue to serve all of us as best they can in their respective roles in the goods and service industries. So, again, very big attaboy to the folks over at Denny's in Branson, Missouri, for giving us a wonderful time on Christmas Eve. And uh, thank you very much once again to that crew. And uh, that's great. Thank you. Trey was our server and he was amazing. So we're going to take another quick little bump break and we'll come back and I want to get into our red alert report for this Monday that is going to be rolling out the rest of this week. Welcome back to the show. And this red alert report is one that, man, my goodness, I, uh, hmm. Mm, mm. I was hoping not to do too many of these, but it looks like Mondays are going to be the day because it's the news cycle, quote unquote news, uh, and watching what they're framing for the coming week is really scary. Um, the stories and headlines themselves, they make them very frightening. 
But what's scarier to me is when you apply critical thinking and ask yourself, why are they applying this much pressure to these stories? Because they're setting a narrative for the whole week for people to be for the talking points of the week. Uh, and this is not good. The way they are pushing Omicron and everything involving Omicron is disturbing because the reports from, say, South Africa and other places, uh, the Omicron isn't worthy of the extreme measures that are being put in place, but they're using it for those things. And I, I, I can't stress enough that I want you to in your day-to-day efforts and exploits to really pay attention to what is going on. Today is, in New York, the the first real push for the mandated uh, vaccines and passports there. In New York City, okay, United States of America, show your papers. No, absolutely not. But again, if you look at the show notes, I've got a couple articles linked. I want to kind of go through here real quick, all right? Again, this is a telegraphing thing that they're doing telegraphing meaning they're telling you what's coming and they're doing so in a manner to where it's not happening right now but it's a gonna because they know they do know um, not a conspiracy folks other than what they are doing is the conspiracy and they're already pushing the narrative of the third year of the pandemic so that means what there's no relief in sight right well that's what the messaging says and don't forget this is also an election year and that is regardless of what you think happened in 2020 in regards to the election in november and the outcome of said election the reality is the game was completely changed the mail-in ballots the drops all all that stuff that completely changed the game and i guarantee you affected the outcome regardless of which way it would have went that was a very all under the guise of being safe for from the the rona and the covid and the dud dud no no this is not about your health if you can't see that now i beg you to do your homework and really use some critical thinking this is not about health it wasn't about health in 2020 it just wasn't you can look at what happened anyway going back to this telegraphing that they're doing and taking this story here from axios that i saw this morning and uh just reading verbatim our uh, america's third year of dealing with the pandemic is likely to start as bleak as ever with a devastating omicron surge for the first couple of months okay now they do this yes but experts are hopeful that once the wave cases hospitalizations and deaths caused by the omicron variant ebbs life will finally be able to more closely resemble normal again i want you to apply your thinking caps here and define normal what is normal to you how close are we ever going to get back to that point do you even want to get back to that point but the reality is there is no such thing as getting back to normal considering all circumstances and situations that have come to pass since this began in march of 2020. that's a reality we all must face other than being sold on the belief that there is going to be a return to normal okay you've got to be clear about that with yourself for your own sanity let alone your own safety notice i said your own don't wait on someone else to bring you your sanity and your safety they can't provide that even though they're promising it okay okay going on when you look at the rest of this article there are some quotes from dr anthony fauci and this guy has got to be if it was a matter of doing a reference check in an interview 
Would you ever hire this guy? There's video after video after video after video from him, his own words, flip-flopping so much and then justifying the last flip-flop to where, no, it's not a lie. It was just good for that time. No, it's still a lie, pal. But his, and I'm quoting him from this article, from another one of those interviews he's done, to where, and I quote Dr. Anthony Fauci, it's conceivable that sooner or later that everybody will have infected and or vaccinated or boosted, okay? Okay, all right, fine. But then he goes on to say, and I quote, when you get to that point, unless you have a very bizarre variant come in that evades all protection, which would be unusual, that I think you could get to the point where you have this at a steady level, okay? Now, let's. there's no reading between the lines there. It's just very straight in your face, which would be unusual. Well, this whole thing has been unusual, and this man has lied and flip-flopped on every single point along the way. So please take that into mind. And then the final quote there from him in regard to a fourth shot, uh, booster shot. It's entirely conceivable that that may be the case. Now, I'm going to ask you once again, my friends out there in podcast listening land, when is enough enough? How is this particular variant the one so troubling when its symptoms themselves are mild? There are cases reported, not deaths. We're talking about testing being the benchmark, which it was last time too, in the big time, in March of 2020, when it all kicked off. All right, they're using case numbers. You can go either way whether you believe it or not. But case numbers versus actual mortality rates. That's very important. Please keep that top of mind. Also, going into the other Red Alert Report headlines that I wanted to point out to you, because this is what's going to be in the news, quote-unquote, all week long, talking points amongst all media, be it the corporate mainstream, be it the alternative mainstream, because, sorry, these big guys, they are mainstream now, because once you have an audience of a million people, you're pretty mainstream. Just that's just you got to put that into perspective. Uh, the soft lockdown that's what's happening now. New York is once again patient zero in that whole process. The soft lockdown, and what does that mean? That means they're relying on businesses to force your hand in making decisions about what you can and can't do, and it's disgusting. But New York being one of the more extremes, and then there's also Boston and Washington, D.C. But the limitations they're putting on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness with the citizenry should be very troubling to you. And to use terms such as soft lockdown, soft lockdown, I want you to think about that pretty hard, okay? Um, It's terrifying to me because those words matter. It's sort of like that George Carlin bit when he would talk about how soldiers would return from war and they would be suffering from a condition called shell shock, shell shock. Very powerful two words put together that really are aggressive and punch you in the face to really explain the condition as best you can with words. Shell shock. And then, of course, it all got dumbed down over the years and everything to where it's now sitting at post-traumatic stress disorder. That is so benign in its overall thing. Post-traumatic stress disorder, as if it's a disease that can be cured, as it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Words matter, okay, so the soft lockdown thing. I want you to, again, in the show notes, you'll find the article that I reference. Uh, Now, this uh, Pfizer antiviral pills may be risky with other medications. Well, I'm sorry, Kang, but this raises a couple questions that I think we should all think about. If everything going on with the vaccines is working under and being applied and rolled out 
by way of mandates because of an emergency order because there is no treatment. Well, wouldn't this pill classify as a treatment? So at that point, would the emergency usage be necessary anymore? I think not. But what do I know? Again, words matter, but not to these folks. This next one is the big one. Okay, This is one that I'm very much concerned about because, again, 48 years on the planet, I've seen a lot in this time frame. We're talking about five decades here, okay? So I've got reference points to look back at. Coming up, I mean, we're literally a week and a half away, two weeks away from, well, about a week and a half, I guess. January 6th, the anniversary, quote-unquote, of the riots slash insurgency at the Capitol of 2021. This one concerns me, number one, for it to once again be put up in front of the public view to be labeled as an insurgency. Because it wasn't. Sorry. The, the officials that were there were grossly outnumbered. Had there been an insurgence, they would never have had an opportunity to get out of there. Period. Okay? Sheer numbers alone. It's just like in uh, one of the movies like Bugs Life or Ants. The ants outweigh the, or outnumber the termites 100 to 1. Okay? Numbers. It's what makes it implausible to consider it an insurgent riot. Sure, there were some fights and everything that broke out. But even that is all under debate or uh, scrutiny and under debate. And you've got these hearings that are going on inside of the House that are, they're political witch hunts. You can't see it any other way. The people they're going for are the most high profile as far as this alternative response, as far as Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, okay, they're going hard on a political witch hunt, but they're not calling in their own people who did not respond properly either. I mean, where were the, and I don't like using the labels, but because they're all the same bird, but the Democrats, such as Nancy Pelosi, ordering the sergeant at arms to get in contact and demand Capitol Police on site, getting the National Guard there. There, There is a procedure of powers there that they should themselves have taken that they did not. So that's it's, it's moot and it's crazy. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because you've got both sides of this thing wanting to glorify it. They can say memorialize, but no, no, no. This is glorifying the act and remembrance and putting it back in your and my faces and ears and minds. And this is this is disturbing in and of itself. You know, never forget. Well, okay, hold on. What are we not forgetting? Because we still don't know what that narrative is. Was are we not forgetting that uh, people were simply trying to exercise their constitutional legal rights to question an election in a peaceful manner that got out of hand for some reason, one way or the other? Or are we wanting to remind people that if you stand up, we will slap you down? Just the way I see it. Okay. Now, the other thing here that is the troubling one, and I'm, I can almost, they, I didn't see it in an article yet, but you will. They like to, and they, I can't believe they even tried to equate it in such a manner that this was the worst attack on American soil since 9-11. That's absurd and stupid. Totally different ballgame there, okay? But what I see them starting to, they're going to roll this out this week. You just wait. They're going to start being a domestic terror situation as they see it, as it's been labeled, 
we're going to start hearing the talking points about Oklahoma City and the bombing in 1995 with Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. Be ready for that. That's coming. And they're going to use that to tie back. One side's going to get pushed the Oklahoma City bombing thing with Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. The other side is going to answer that with, well, it happened because of the 1993 siege in Waco, Texas, with the Branch Branch Davidians and David Koresh. This is part of that time machine I was talking about. We're going back there to the 90s. And also in the 90s, in that time frame, we did not have the internet. Okay, that's the X factor in all of this now, is communication and messaging was very, very easy to control because you had the major networks, major newspapers, major radio, okay? That was easy to control because the average Joe and Jane were unable to communicate en masse and so wide as we can now, thanks to the internet and social media, okay? So in, in looking at the past and the 90s and the way the information was disseminated, there was the mainstream story, on both accounts. There was an alternative voice out there, primarily found on radio at the time. There were publications, but, you know, those are tough to come by or to understand, or to even know they were there, you know what I'm saying? But the radio was accessible, and you would have the, especially the AM radio talk show hosts, who would kind of explore the other possibilities of motivation. But that was very limited. But here's the thing, though. It was easier to not get so divided and divisive in a discussion of what had happened. So, I bring that up to you now to again say, turn off the television. Turn it off. If you are still one of those folks who watch ABC, NBC, and CBS, my God, open your eyes and question everything they say. And then when you slide over to the cable side, that expansion with Fox, CNN, uh, uh, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, any of those, Newsmax, that's the one that really gets under my skin. Those folks, you talk about wolves and sheep's clothing. It's disgusting to me. Of everything else out there, Newsmax is the one, I'll say it loud and proud, disgust me in what they do and how they do. They just do. Big, big burner for me. Um, but be ready for that. They're going to be bringing up those nar- negative, oh, excuse me, those narratives and those images and juxtapose it with January 6th. Be ready for that, okay? And then again, always use your brain. And then a fun one in the show notes today from the Red Alert Report, because this is, so this is the future now, right? We were always warned about artificial intelligence and super smart robots that could turn into kill machines at the drop of a hat. And, well, there's a clip. If you've seen a few weeks ago, they had the one android robot with the ai that they had the face and the eyes and looked humanoid and uh just making all the expressions and it looks great and it's like wow that's creepy this particular clip from same said robot is even more creepy because in this clip and you got to go see it again look at the show notes it'll take you to the video that one you see same said robot and the programmer uh, presenter whatever putting his finger in its face and it's like following his eyes are following the finger and it's reacting in a, it, its body motions are very much reactionary as a human would but then he does it again and he gets a little too close for the robot's comfort and the robot slaps his arm away the programmer had invaded that robot's space and it reacted 
Creepy, huh? So this is the future. Here we are. Now then, we're going to uh, wrap this section up with the Red Alert Report, and we're going to come back. I want to tell you a little toy story that is important for the sake of my own personal mission and journey into the world of enlightenment that I didn't realize actually had happened. But now I know. Hmm. Back in a moment. Welcome back to So This is the Future with me, Jim Bumgardner, production of the Jack Entertainment Network. Okay, uh, this here, this is a fun thing. This is a little lighter, and it was funny because, again, going back to Christmas, I, I got a great book that I've been wanting to read, and I've got it now as a gift from my in-laws, and I truly appreciate it. It's Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. This book, of course, has been out for a very long time. I mean, it was released in 1999. Uh, which is also very interesting in the timing there. But uh, I, and I just recently in the past year started learning who Eckhart Tolle is. I'd heard the name, and it seems like a name that's been around forever, but I guess 20 years later, that is kind of a forever thing now. But anyway, I started reading the book, and wow, if you have not picked that one up, I highly recommend it. I'm only about a quarter way in, but the things that are coming to mind, and oh, wow. It's it's a very powerful book and does deserve the praise that it gets and has gotten for 20 years now. Uh, very, very thought-provoking and inspiring. As such, when I was going through, again, just the first few pages, it sparked a memory. As many of you who are actually paying along and, and seeing any of the Jack Entertainment Network properties, one of the big things that I do that's fun for me is uh, toys, specifically action figures, uh, both vintage and new, because I love the art of the toys themselves, as well as the packaging, probably even more so. And it's just always been a thing for me. But I kind of lost sight of when the thing really popped. Let's go back, once again, our time machine to 1996. There was a very profound moment there that happened, ironically enough, considering earlier conversation, in Oklahoma. I lived in a little town about an hour south of Oklahoma City called Sulphur. At the time, I was program director and morning man at radio station KFXT. Uh, great experience. Loved it very much. Uh, and was doing my thing. And I was a wild child back then. I mean, you got to shave, what, 20-some-odd years off this cat. And, man, I was, I was having a ball. But there was a lot of ups and downs with it, a lot of things that just weren't working right. I was getting distracted. I was totally off point of what I thought my goals were then. Uh, getting very disgruntled in general with certain aspects of life. Anyway, at one point, a kid who worked for me, I just now remember his name, but I'm not going to say his real name. His on-air name that we came up with was Dakota Jones. So Dakota Jones. Um he came into the station one day and he had a shoebox full of Star Wars action figures from the 70s and 80s. And when I saw them, a feeling sparked inside of me. It wasn't nostalgia. I can look back at, again, hindsight's 2020 and I can reflect upon it and it wasn't nostalgia. It was something else. But I knew I had to own them. He wanted to sell them. So I said, okay, I'll buy them. And so we worked out a price and I bought them. And again, it wasn't about nostalgia towards childhood memories with said objects or what they portrayed, per se. I mean, it wasn't that. There was a feeling, 
if you've heard of like Neville Goddard and his talks and speaks on uh, the feeling is the secret. And it's like the feeling that those little doppelgangers from a galaxy far, far away hit me was like, huh. And it hit me then, and it was a very refreshing moment. It took me not into the past, but into the present in that moment. And that feeling was there. I, then from that point forward, I chased that, that feeling a lot and didn't realize I was doing it. Now, though, I do. Now I have a better understanding of why that particular physical object, or objects, I should say, those particular objects, when it comes to the toys and what they represent and their doppelgangerness of things and ideas and such, there is a feeling that is elicited inside of me. Now, what does that mean to you? I don't know. I'm not going to say that those type of things would ever do that for you. However, I would bet there are other things in your life that do that for you. They elicit a feeling, a real genuine feeling, be it good or bad. But they do. They, they do that. And for me, when it comes to the toys, and I just now realized it, I've said it before, but I didn't really get it, that when it comes to having these things around me and then learning new things along the way, I would, I will and do use these toys as my actors, my subjects, and points of inspiration to be able to focus in and learn something new in the now, in the moment. But it's the feeling. I reflect back in my mind to that time with that shoebox full of Star Wars figures. And that feeling is still intense when I look back on it. And I totally put it in the back of my head, didn't think about it. I hadn't thought about it, in, well, in decades. But reading Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, and some of the lessons in there, it kind of pulled that up. And it registered. And I'm like, oh. So now as I look around the, my, my really sloppy studio at the moment, and I'm seeing the things that I have around me, and what they mean, and I have a totally different perspective on it, and I'm fueled by it. And I share this with you to, again, encourage you, go read that book. It's very good, The Power of One, or excuse me, The Power of Now. Go get it. Um, but also to reflect a little more of those moments where you were in your now, when you were being, and what was fueling you at the time. Look around peripherally in your imagination of the past. It'd be amazing to see what it can do for the present. That's anyway, that's the whole point there, that toy story. And I need to get back to the show. We're just about done. We're not going to go too far and too crazy and too long. Oh, a little update for you, though. Uh, that's coming up after this little quick break. I gotta get a drink of water, man. Once again, welcome back to So This is the future. With me, your host, Jim Bumgardner, a product of the Jack Entertainment Network, or is it a product of me? I don't know, one or the other. Anyway, this final segment of the show, I want to give a little update with the Paranormal Quest Coloring and Activity book I've been working on. There's a sample that's been up by way of the Jack store at jackentertainment.net, and I'm going to be cutting the price on that thing because... I'm, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, and I'm telling you this for the sake of just a little disclosure, I guess. If you do pick one up now, uh, at whatever the price is, this is just the digital download, okay, PDF files. 
Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's the I guess like I'm kind of tackling the subject of conspiracies, secret societies, and all this other crazy wacky used to be taboo now it's real life walking around us uh subject anyway if you happen to pick up a sample copy now uh do know that once the final version is published uh you're going to get a free copy of the digital i'll go back in and, and i'll send you the complete copy digitally uh, George, and then it's also going to be available for the hard copy, so you can actually just have the book come to you by way of the Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing platform, which is great because I just think it's neat to be able to do those type of things. I'm a I'm a total nut for at home publishing with 2D and 3D and manufacturing and all that. Love it, absolutely, it's my thing. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, but the ability to actually just take and create it and publish it there to where it can be printed on demand and you don't have the overlay and costs. That's that's great. I mean, say what you will about Amazon and Jeff Bezos and any and everything that's attached to that. The reality is the service is great. I'm going to use it because it benefits my creative itch and getting things out there. And it can also benefit you in purchasing the things that you yourself may find inspirational and have some fun with. So that's coming up very, very soon. I'm going to wrap this whole thing up with a little bit of thought that may upset some folks. And if you do, well, I want you to really look at, at you because this is important. Over the weekend, uh, video came out, uh, and I'm sure by now everyone's seen this thing, where Joe and Jill Biden are sitting there doing a video call type thing, and the guy calls in, they're doing the Merry Christmas stuffs, and da da da. And at the end of it all, he gets Joe, well, he says, let's go, Brandon, and then Joe repeats it and says, I agree. Cringeworthy, facepalm, oh my God. God, this is unbelievable. This guy did that. Joe Biden, that is. Not the guy who did it. But that's part of this discussion. The thing, at first, you know, I, I kind of, sort of, almost giggled for a second because of the absurdity of it. But then I'm like, wait a minute. This really isn't funny. It's really not. And I'm not going to go after the guy who did it. I mean, it's just, it's the thing right now, right? And he had an opportunity. He took it. He was trolling the president of the United States of America which is a pretty unique thing to get the opportunity to do, other than you're hard-pressed to not see that the man that is Joe Biden, who is allegedly holding the keys to the kingdom that is the U.S., is in such decline, or is just the way he is, to not be aware of what just happened to him and what he just played along with. Jill Biden, however... Took her half a second, and she realized, and she was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. But here's the problem. The problem is in our collective reaction, the way I see it. It's not, again, I, I am not a Biden or Biden administration supporter by any stretch of the imagination, and I never will be. I don't like what they do. I don't like what they've done. I just don't. And this is not politics. This is human beings being human, which is what leads to my assessment of this thing and I want you to think about. What we saw in those clips, it's pretty despicable when you think about it because this completely exposed how not there Joe Biden truly is. 
in many ways that's embarrassing to the nation as a whole. But what's more embarrassing, in my opinion, is that we have gotten to a point as a society, as the opposing viewpoint to this administration, to where we're being cruel, okay? I love a good joke that pops somebody in the mouth, myself included. I can take that. Other people can take that. But the way I equate what I've seen now with that let's go Brandon thing and Joe Biden saying, yeah, I agree with that. Let's go Brandon. Um, This is, to me, as bad on a moral level and on a cruelty scale as taking a special needs kid and exploiting their inability to comprehend something quick enough to not realize they're being made fun of. To me, that is cruel. And I can't be good with it because we, individually and collectively, need to be better than being cruel. Fight like hell. Absolutely. Do it in a peaceful, productive manner. Absolutely. If somebody wants to go to an extreme and go a different direction, bully, bully, buddy, but understand there's consequences. And don't bring us all down with it. But you got to do what you got to do there, right? This is a fight. This is a fight. This is a war. But this type of thing here, to me, shows more the cruelty found in our society now that we literally are laughing at and poking fun at Corky, who just got his pants pulled down, and he thinks it's funny, too, when it wasn't. It's cruel. So, just saying that, I want to get that off my chest, because, again, the Biden administration, Biden himself, all of his handlers, pathetic human beings. If they're even worthy of being called beings they're just human whatever just the species human species i'll leave it at that but don't be cruel folks we don't need that being cruel is what's got us here the cruelty has to stop okay that's all i gotta say there anyway let's wrap this thing up i'm gonna quit preaching because i don't want to do that i want this to be a fun inspiring uplifting experience for you the listeners and for me the presenter But that one I had to get off my chest because it matters. Again, I want to recommend to you highly Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Go buy it today, whether it's on Amazon or where uh, Books a Million, I do believe, is where this copy was picked up for me. Another book I highly recommend that I also got for Christmas that I've been needing to read. I started to read a long, long time ago, but just said, okay. But now I realize man was right, so now it's more of a history book priming for today. And that would be David Icke's The Biggest Secret. I'm serious. Go get it. Introduction alone, you go... Yep, there he is. He was right. Also, another shout out that uh, regardless of whatever your personal feelings are, I highly recommend go to Infowars.com and help support Alex Jones and the Infowars because the things that are coming down on him when it comes to these January 6th hearings, quote unquote, are ridiculous, unconstitutional, un-American, and, and frankly, they're violating 
everything that we are to hold true when it comes to freedom of speech in the First Amendment. So Infowars.com, show some love to Alex Jones because the man definitely needs it. And he's been in the fight for a long, long time. And those book recommendations and also program note, we're going to be doing shows now Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays versus every day for now as we reframe into our new comfortable shoe that is so. This is the future with me, Jim Bumgarner. Have a great day. Talk to you guys on Wednesday.